0: Now, once again, here's
2: Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Sitting next to me is Renee Salem, my wife how many years? It'll be oh, it'll 40 be 43 43 in February. Yeah. My goodness, I put up with you that long <laughs> looking over my shoulder telling me how to fix cars all I that don't kind know of why stuff. Why
3: everybody wants to give me the award?
2: Yeah, oh yeah. That that's ladies want to give you the award, the men want to give me the award. Anyway, this portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Air Park Auto Service and Nadine and Stacy opened Air Park Auto Service in 1985, about the same time that Renee and I opened our shop. They're located on Rain Tree just east of Hayden and they're still family-owned and operated. Years ago, Stacy passed away, but Nadine continued to own and operate the Airpark Auto Service. That means it's one of the few lady run and answers to no man shop in the state of Arizona. Action Auto Repair is the state of the art, it's clean, it's green facility, it has a ladies touch in the lobby and in the service rider area. They have the latest diagnostic tools, they service most makes and models of vehicles and cars and trucks. So if you live in the North Scottsdale area from Indian Bend North, from 56th Street to Camelback, then the best car repair shop in that area is Airpark Auto Service, there are just east of Hayden on Raintree, which is just south of Bell. Let's go to the phones. David, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning?
4: Good morning, Mark. Happy New Year.
2: And to you, too, sir. Thank you.
4: Yes, I have a couple questions. Um, first one, on old cars where you have a mechanical EGR, um, if it's faulty or bad, can it produce, like, a higher temperature on your gauge? Um and then my second question is we're thinking my me and my wife are thinking about moving to Prescott. So do you have any shops in Prescott or Prescott Valley or the surrounding areas that that are on your uh, list?
2: Okay, in Prescott, I don't have anybody on my list, but there is a guy named Denny who was a guy I respected a lot. I think he's still there in Prescott or Prescott Valley. He was also a part-time fireman, and I don't know if he, if he worked for fire or Prescott Fire Department or if he worked for the Forest Service. But he was also a part-time fireman. But his name is Denny, and I respected him. Well, gosh, back in the 70s and the 80s.
3: Was that Mendeval? or? Um, that-
2: well, I don't. I don't think. No, I don't think so. Okay. But his, him and his wife also. She came in and did a lot of our environmental yes. stuff. And so we developed a relationship with both him and his wife. But I don't remember. But look for somebody. Just call a couple auto parts store and ask them if they know somebody named Denny who owns an auto repair shop. And that's the guy. As far as your EGR is concerned, let me tell you about the EGR. EGR, exhaust, gas, recirculation. The valve is supposed to be closed at idle. It's supposed to open when you get going. And it's supposed to recycle exhaust back into the engine because whatever fuel's not burnt, we're going to burn it again. So if the EGR valve sticks closed, oftentimes the customer will never know that unless we get a check engine light that tells us the EGR system is down. If the EGR sticks open, then it it won't idle. It'll cause a terrible idle, but it'll run fine above idle. So it has nothing to do with the fact that your temperature gauge uh, is varying any at all. Um, if the EGR is closed and stays closed, it has no effect on your cooling system. If it's open, it has effect on your idle, but it has no effect on your cooling system. So the answer to your question is the EGR valve doesn't have anything to do with your temperature gauge. Did I do it all right?
5: Yes, sir. Thank you very much.
2: Okay, David, thank you. Larry, you're up next. Larry, how can I help you today?
4: Uh, I've got a 2011 Mercury Grand Marquis, and the power window's on both the front and rear on the driver's side went out okay and i in my owner's manual i do not see
6: any kind of uh deal in there that says it's a you
5: know one of the fuses it doesn't have have a little power when the fuses
2: yeah we don't put a fuse on the power steering windows and here's why If my wife uh, were to drink too much some night and she comes out to the car and she gets her head stuck in the window, if I have to go buy a fuse at the closest auto repair shop, she may not be happy with me if that takes 30 minutes. So What we do is we put the electric windows on a circuit breaker that resets within three to four seconds so if a young child were to get their head caught in a window and pop the circuit breaker all they'd have to do is wait three or four seconds before they could lower the window down so you're not going to find anything there what needs to happen is is someone needs to pull out the master panel which is the window switch assembly on the driver's door they have to know what they're doing but with a little test meter they're going to make sure that we've got power and ground going to both of those windows What typically happens is that we have a connection problem at that switch or the master switch is defective. And the master switch is defective because it's the one that gets used 90% of the time where the other three door window switches don't have anything to do. Now, last thing. I want you to sit in the back seat with the car running in park with the parking brake on and I want to know if that passenger rear window works with this switch. And the back door. Because if that works with this, okay, then we still are going to provide power and ground by the master switch to both of those doors. And more than likely, the master switch is going to bark off to the left and do the driver's door and then do the passenger door, and then it's going to loom off to the right and handle the two right side doors. The diagnosis part of that is very important because if the yahoo that's working on your car doesn't know how to test that switch, then he's going to start guessing with your money. Oh, let's put two motors in it. Oh, that didn't work. Let's put two regulators in it. Oh, that didn't work. Let's put two remote switches in it. Oh, that didn't work. Let's put a master switch in it. Oh, that didn't work. So you can't afford to have somebody guessing on this kind of repair. You're going to have to find somebody who's well adept at at figuring out the wiring on your Grand Marquis and on a on a on a level of 1 to 10, you're going to have to look for a master tech, somebody who's well capable or, or take it to the dealer who's typically uh, going to know your car pretty well. All right?
6: Okay. Uh do you have a recommendation around 32nd Street in Thomas?
2: Oh, heck, yes. Billy, over at 25th Street Auto, I'm guaranteeing you that he could diagnose that for you and fix it. I'm ga- When you meet that guy, you're just going to – he's the kind of guy you want to marry your daughter. Don't, wouldn't you say that? Yeah. He is. He's the kind of – he's already married, Larry, so don't, don't get any ideas here on me. But he's at 25th Street Auto, and his name is Bill, and I, I promise you he can fix this for you. He can diagnose it correctly and fix it. All righty? All
6: right.
2: Thanks a lot. Okay, Larry. Les, you're up next. How can I help you, Les?
6: Yeah, I've got an older truck that I want to extend the driving range on just so I don't have to stop for fuel sauce. And they make a larger fuel tank for it, but I wondered if that was better or if a second system, you know, second tank would be better. I'm not
2: sure. Okay. um, Let me ask you a question. Is it gas or diesel? Gas. Okay. And they make a bigger gas tank that you've been told will fit where your that's, old one is? That's what it
6: says. Okay. It's, it's, it's deeper. Now, I know that, but you lose your spare tire.
2: Okay. In and and, tire. and is, are you going to move, what year is your truck?
5: 81 Ford. It's an older truck okay. that I use for, for
2: it. All right. Now, does this fuel tank change from metal on the old one to plastic on the new one?
6: I didn't ask that.
2: Okay. Let me tell you at first blush, I don't think it's in your best interest to have somebody at a wrecking yard tell you that this will bolt right in because okay. there's always problems with that. There are fuel tanks. What are those fuel tanks called? Do you remember? Um,
3: Titan. Titans. Yeah.
2: There is. We sell a Titan fuel tank that's a plastic tank. For instance, on my 2012 Dodge, I went from 38 gallons to 56 gallons. And it takes the place of the original tank, and it's a direct bolt-in. But he's got an '81 Chevy, yeah. I'm
3: not sure that they Ford. have. Or a Ford, he has
2: not yeah. yeah. So I, I'm, am unclear about that. Here, let me offer you this. I want you to call my son Alan. Have you got a pencil handy?
6: Uh, no, but I can, I, I, can look it up. That's okay.
2: All right, Salem Boys Auto. Call Alan and say, does your aftermarket gas tank company have a, a bigger fuel tank for my '81 Ford? So he can look that up for you. Let me offer you another suggestion. This is crazy, but I'm embarrassed to tell him this. Okay. You know that fuel tank I just pulled out of the tractor? I
3: was. Yeah.
2: I, I have an in-bed fuel tank that's a 65-gallon tank. It mounts in the front part of your tank or your front part of your bed, and it's about probably six or eight inches deep. It sticks up above the bed just a smidgen, five or four or five inches. It has an electric pump that goes with it, with a long hose and a nozzle, Mm -hmm. and um, hunters usually have these to fill them up, and then they can fill their own tank up, so that 65 gallons, it transfers with the nozzle. The nozzle also locks up. Now, I just put that on trades and sales up in Payson the other day for three and a quarter. That's 65 gallons. I just rebuilt the pump on that son of a gun, and I'm (laughs) telling you, I'm losing $30 on the turnaround. (laughs) But I want to tell you something, when I fired up that new pump with the new impellers and I pulled that trigger, the the fuel that came out of that nozzle from that pump was twice the volume that you get at the gas station. It was really amazing. So anyway, a lot of construction people use this yeah. to fill up their tractors and stuff like that. Uh. So if you don't have a if you don't have a camper and if an, an, an external auxiliary fuel tank, is something, I'll send you pictures of it, I'll send you the dimensions, you just email me at mark at and three and a quarter. But Alan might be able to do better with that by with an aftermarket tank that can and can take advantage of some of your empty spots underneath the truck.
6: Okay. All right. I'll Alrighty. so on. Alan,
2: all right, and if you if you want any pictures on that uh, aftermarket fuel tank in the back of your truck, then mark at would be it, okay?
6: Okay, thank you.
2: You betcha. All right. So that was make gas tank bigger. I have to write these down so I can. Bigger. On an 81 Ford. See, he has an F truck. <laughs> yeah. He needs extra gas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, because they break down so often that you need extra gas. Oh, that's silly. Oh, I know. The reason why I'm teasing Renee about her F car is is that's the first Ford my family's ever bought in, in 50 years. And she went out and said, "I'm going to go look at new cars." And she drove this this F car home. And and uh, you know, I was already talking to Jacoby and Myers. I yeah, was I was ready exactly. for a divorce. No,
3: you said I needed a new car. I didn't want a new car, but because I had a Chevy or a GMC, whatever. The Tahoe. Yeah, and you said, "No, you need a new car." So. Oh,
2: and so you went you out go. and bought a Ford to get even right. with me. Oh,
3: okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, actually, it was the only one I really liked. Oh, okay. Did so you I drive a get, lot of them? Yeah, I did. Did you really? I drove a lot of different things.
2: I know, but Heather got one before you did. She did. Did you drive hers? No, I don't think so. Okay. No. All right. Did you drive? What other cars did you drive? I don't know. I, it, a few,
3: but okay. I had to like the look of it, too, and I there wasn't oh. a lot that I liked the look so of. So that's
2: the difference between yes. boys and girls, men and women. That's right. You're looking at how purdy it is, and we're looking at how long it's going to last. You got it. Oh, boy. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. If you have a call, now's the time. We'll be right back. The Seth
1: and Chris Show, where it's principles and politics.
7: Who would have thought, for instance, that one of the unintended consequences of 9-11 would have been that the Democrats would have decided to import by the 100,000 Muslim so-called refugees, I I don't like that term, but Muslim refugees into this country. Seems counterintuitive.
1: Weekdays 3 to 6, right here on AM
7: 960, The Patriots. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101.
5: This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. There is simply no better way to keep up with the fast-moving events happening in the Middle East that greatly affect the rest of the world. I have an interesting and informative guest on the show every Sunday. Please listen and spread the word about this very important show. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriots.
8: It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, mentor a kid who needs someone on their side, volunteer to read to children, make a difference. Because when a child advances we all advance entire communities improve the path to success or failure starts long before graduation day and the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you be a reader tutor or mentor give advocate volunteer live united take the pledge go to liveunited.org now brought to you by united way and the ad council
3: Hi there. I'm here for my flu shot, and I heard there's an option for people 65 and older.
1: There is, but you actually have to be 65. Very flattering, thanks. I'm Judith Light.
3: You know who I am, right? I just turned 65, and I know your immune system gets weaker with age, and I don't want to miss a day of work or risk spreading the flu to other people.
7: I don't
1: think we've met before, but what I do know is you can't be 65. Okay.
3: What if I said I only have one life to live and I need protection against the flu? Nope. Nope. How about who's the boss of my health? I am. Huh. Flu season is here, and people 65 and older need to ask about the vaccine made specifically for their age. Flu vaccination is especially important for people with chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease, which can
1: worsen with the flu. I'm so sorry about that. I thought you were like 35.
3: Don't apologize. Visit the National Council on Aging at ncoa.org slash flu to learn more and talk to your doctor about vaccine options for people 65 and older.
2: Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Salem. Sitting next to me is Renee. We're both here on Saturdays from 10 o'clock till noon every Saturday talking about car repair and stuff like that and you're always welcome to join us. So if you'd like to join us, you can, 602-508-0960. Let me tell you real quick about Action Auto Repair. He's up on I-17 in Deer Valley, and Tom, who owns Action Auto Repair, is a friend of mine, as is all of the shop owners that are on my Best Car Repair Shop list. I know them personally. Tom is a fisherman. He's also a full-service, family-owned auto repair shop that served the Deer Valley and the North Phoenix area since 1983. So whatever your repair needs are, Tom and his staff are well-known for quality workmanship, excellent customer service, and a fast turnaround time. Tom has Master, ASE Master Certified Technicians. That means they're going to get the job done right. So if you have a car and you don't have a shop, may I suggest that Action Auto Repair, northwest corner of I-17 in Deer Valley, would be a great place to start. Let's go to the phones. Irene, good morning to you. How can I help you?
9: Good morning. Thank you. I've been wanting to call you. I have car trouble. I have... A Nissan 89 Maxima, and I've always okay. tried, loved it and took care of it, but I, lately I've run into bad luck. They stole it, and now I have a humming on the dashboard, and the speedometer's not working, and uh, other problems that every time it's in the shop, it comes back with something else wrong. <laughs> so I did Okay. Do it. Did you... Go ahead.
2: Did you say that they stole your car? Yes.
9: They have stolen
2: okay. it twice. Did you... Okay. Did your insurance com- company get involved in the recovery and the repair of your car?
9: They helped me on the one far front part where they bashed it into something. But as far as okay. other trouble that I was getting into, I just took my luck, and uh, which is not very good, to go to a mechanic that I could trust. But every time, it was always something else.
2: Okay. All right. But but again did you have coverage for no. your stolen car i only had uh, okay
9: what do you call it just for me if i hurt somebody liability right
2: just liability okay okay that that's that's okay what part of town do you live in
9: i um, south mountains on uh, south the baseline
2: okay we don't have what, anybody what south it? of Baseline, South Mountain area. Oh, okay. So she's going to be Central Avenue to 40th Street, somewhere around in there. Yeah. And I think Are I you know every... M- so-
9: I've known so many here, and none of them can fix it. Okay. And now I have a wheel on the r- left side that is ready to run out, and I they told me not to drive it anymore.
2: Okay, that presents a problem. I, I just don't have anybody in your area I that, I can, that I can I can tell you um that that's a good place to go. Well, um, I don't I mind going we, we...
9: anywhere else I'll just have my son you know pick me up or drop me off. It, it's I'm a native here so I I I know all these but I sure hit the wrong mechanics over here.
2: Yeah. Um you know, I'm going to send her to Bill. I I'm going to send her to 25th Street Auto. Yeah. Um Bill is there here's a couple of reasons I'm going to send you to Bill at 25th Street Auto. Number one, he's a good Christian man. Huh. Uh, number two, he's uh, he's very good at diagnosing problems, and I've never heard anybody ever say that I brought it in for A and you gave me L-M-N-O-P. That's never happened. And um, I think Bill would take an interest in your car. I want to tell you, your 89 Maxima is on everybody's short list of, of the worst car there is. It's a very sophisticated car for its time. It was a one-of-a-kind car and the Maxima in general was a very fourth looking forward car but today the technology that they had back then it doesn't it there's no relationship. otherwise we've gone west and the Ma- and the Maxima went east and so they are difficult cars to diagnose. They're not difficult cars to fix or find parts for, but I want to tell you something. I'd like you to take it to Bill, but I would like you to have him focus on just one thing. If you want to get that tire or wheel that's about ready to fall off, if you want to get that wheel bearing fixed or that axle fixed, you have him do that. Once you know you're happy, then you'll have him attack the humming in the dashboard. So I want you to do one thing at a time, no matter whether it's my shop or Billy's shop or anybody else's shop, I, I don't want you to walk in there and give them ten things to do. We're going to fix your car one thing at a time.
9: Good, good. And that's what I usually do, but then another thing goes, and I it just seems like I don't get the right person. But, you know, you just talked to a gentleman that has that uh, dash uh, switch, uh, master switch. Uh-huh. I have that on my driver's side. And the person, he was ready to take it out. He cracked it. He said it was a fuse. So I'm trying to get it out, and he cracked my, you know, my poor beautiful Maxima is turning into nothing but damages okay. from mechanics. So, well
2: it 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 um it what's you what you're talking about is the bezel it's called a bezel that sits around there and if you don't know how to take it off you're going to break it on every kind of car it's not just Maxima's every kind of car so everybody has to know how to take that off because if you take a screwdriver and pry it off you're going to break it
9: yeah
2: um it it let's get the windows issue fixed first and then you can determine how much that bezel is, and then if it's twenty dollars, maybe you buy it and haven't put on, and then you take the old one back to him and just say, "This cost me twenty dollars, and would you reimburse me because you broke this?" And hopefully he will.
9: Oh, I don't.
3: And think. I think anything with an eighty-nine is—it's hard because it's been out probably in the sun. If she's, yeah. she said she's a native, and things you, just break easily. And, and you're right.
2: But there's a difference in giving him the car back with the broken part without an explanation first. Right. It's different than I call up Irene and say, Hey, Irene, we're working on your car. We were trying to pull the master switch out of the door. We broke the bezel. I'm really sorry, but that's just what happens. I know how to take it out. I know where the clip is at, but I was just applying the clip, and it broke. That's different than Irene getting in her car and driving it away and, and then seeing it. it. Yes, right. That's just different. So you got to raise your hand when 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 something happens but but you're right though it is a, it it how old is the car 80, 10 yeah. uh it's 25 26 years 27 years old so yeah but still all you want it to do is start stop and be dependable right right,
9: right. okay, I've gone okay. so the i think you more. should i've driven the bus more okay. than my car anymore but i, okay. I want to ask well, I you think... what, about that switch uh part i went to a junkyard oh. to try to get the switch part and they uh-huh. said it's about uh, $70 for that, for the switch thing to get for me to buy it from them.
2: All right. I I It is my opinion that most of the time the wrecking yard knows full well what a new switch costs, and they typically they're about half the cost of a new switch. So the only thing I would say to you is what I said to the other gentleman. You have to be careful. And you have to understand the return policy. You have to make sure. But let's, again, let's do it one thing at a time. Let's take care of the wheels so the car becomes dependable. Then let's work on the windows or let's work on the dashboard noise or the speedometer. Let's just take this one thing at a time. Oh. All righty. Well, good luck to you, Irene. If you have any questions, you're welcome to email me at mark at MarkSalem.com, and I will guide you the very best I can. With that, we have the lines are open. Mark, you're next, but if you'll stay there, I'll get you first on the other side of this break. I promise. I'll get you very first. I'll say, hello, welcome back. Let's go to Mark. <laughs> and and, uh, and that, that means four lines are open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We have four lines available. We can come back. Mark's going to be first, and then everybody else will be two, three, four, five. Jeremy's running the show. He's piloting this plane, and if the show sounds good, it's all because of him. We'll be right back.
1: How would you like to flip a contract on a house overnight for a nice profit? Hi, I'm Nick Fertucci. For the last three years, my elite team of house flippers have used my unique three-step flipping system to reduce risk and make money flipping houses. I'm growing my team in your area, and I'm looking for help. I have more cash available than deals right now, and I can show you how to get up to $350,000 of pre-approved real estate funding. That's right, I said it. $350,000 of pre-approved real estate funding, regardless of credit score. Interested candidates call now and get an inside peek of my flipping system. I'll rush you out a free copy of my Fortunes and Flipping CD kit that will show you how to get in, get out, and get paid when you come join my team. Call
7: 1-800-450-1024 now to get your free flipping kit. Call 800-450-1024 and you'll also get free tickets to a training workshop that includes a free $20 Visa gift card, a smartphone watch, and USB flash drive loaded with Nick's powerful information as free gifts just for attending. Call 800-450-1024. That's 800-450-1024 call now.
8: Tanning, indoors or out, increases your risk of skin cancer, including melanoma, the second most common cancer in young adults, and the leading cause of cancer death in women 25 to 30. Tanning doesn't make me look healthier. My ambition does. Tanning doesn't make me stand out. My drive does. Tanning can cause wrinkles, age spots, and even melanoma, the cancer that kills one person every hour. And using tanning beds significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma. Tanning doesn't make me glow.
7: My individuality does. Tanning
8: doesn't make me feel better about myself. I got the job. Woo! Yeah. Job. My confidence does. Tanning doesn't make you more beautiful. It only makes you more at risk stop tanning. Learn more at spotskincancer.org. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology. Every 20
7: seconds, another kid drops out of school. If we do nothing, 3.5 million kids won't receive a diploma over the next four years. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. And the difference between a dropout and a graduate could be you. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
1: Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select email or talk back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today patriot app tip number one not only is the patriot app great for streaming our live programs you can access all patriot podcasts click on the upper left hand corner and select podcasts to find all our great weekday and weekend programs download the patriot app at your app store today
2: welcome back everybody 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock and just like i promised we're going straight to mark mark thank you for holding as long as you did how can i help you
5: okay uh mark uh first thing is i want to compliment you on your program. I've never heard it before today, but I was flipping around while I was doing a chore and i thought this this is a great show so i want to thank you for that well thank you uh thank you my very question much. is i uh, this isn't a, a car repair question but it's kind of related in the sense that i want to know how how should I sell my used car My car is a mercury sable g s it's a four door sedan nineteen eighty nine it's got about hundred and fifty eight thousand miles on it uh i've owned it for about the last nine years i, I paid like 1800 bucks for it uh but i can't, i can't use it to drive for uber because uber will only take cars that are 2005 or more recent so i got to sell it yeah. but i've never sold a car before so what do i do do i put it on craigslist or auto what, what do i do
2: yeah what i do when i'm in, in your position is that i grab all my receipts And I put them in a three-ring notebook because the old gray-haired guys that are likely to be a player for your car are going to love the history of the car in a little three-ring notebook. Every receipt. If you have a gas log, that even makes it better. I would spend the money to have a Carfax, and that would be the very first page on that uh, little three ring notebook that shows that the car's never been wrecked, the car's never been stolen, that it's had three owners or four owners since 1989, blah, 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 because people will want a Carfax. I would put the price in there, and if it has cold air conditioning and it's dependable and the inside is Sunday, go to meet kind of inside, I'm talking about not a 10, not a 9, but something that your son can take a girl to the prom in after you weld the back door shut, of course. Um <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Leave it to you. Leave
2: it to you. I'm talking to another dad, okay? okay. So you just sit over there and and listen. <laughs> anyway, Ooh. um, so so you, you you anything that has cold air conditioning, that has decent tires and looks somewhat dependable and starts and stops when you need it to is worth twenty five hundred dollars. So there's your top oh. end of where you're looking for. So you got one hundred sixty seven thousand miles. That's kind of a lot of miles. Didn't you say one sixty seven?
5: Well, I, I think uh, it's $158,000 is, okay, okay. Uh, is, so, is my mileage.
2: And then and then you're going to want to show them, when they come over to look at it, you're going to want to show them where you've parked it so they, they have an idea of how much oil is leaked or how much oil it doesn't leak. Huh. And you're going to say to them, I want to push you towards having a car, you know, having a used car checkover done. So if you have a garage, um, if you'll make the appointment and pay for the used car checkover, I will drive it over there and I'll I'll give them about an hour to check the car out and they can report to you. I don't want a copy of it. I'll bring it back home. If you want to buy it, then fine. You got to make it easy for the buyer. And then yeah. the last thing you do is is you meet them at the bank, they pay you for the car. You sign the title over, and you're going to get a bill of sale off the Internet that says it's as-is. And you're going to list on the bill of sale all the information you've given him, the car facts. You're going to give him I mean, your last emission statement. You're going to give him all your all your repairs. And, and it just says as-is. And that's how I would sell it. I, I like to... To sell cars, I like the the interaction. Um, I like the and and I always put OBO on my price or best offer to let them know I'm a little bit negotiable. Uh, okay. And OBO doesn't mean I, I'm asking twenty five hundred and you offer me five because I already know I can get five out of a junkyard for this thing. So you know five mm-hmm. isn't a reasonable offer. But thank you very much for the offer. But I, I I've had some offers I've turned down that are twice that much money. But thank you. Just be nice. Mm-hmm. That's Fantastic. how I would do it. Thank i do auto Trader or Auto Trader or Craigslist, either one or both. All right. Well, good luck to you, Mark. Thank you very much. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Since 1970, Thompson's Auto Repair has been providing service, light truck repair, maintenance services, repair service to its customers and to people in the Mesa area. Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing is the only Mesa shop that I've got on my list because the rest that have applied simply don't have the criteria necessary to be on the list. They might very well be good shops. They just haven't been in business for five years, or they have multiple managers or multiple owners or things like that. Nevertheless, Thompson's Auto Repair is on their third generation of owners. And Brian and Thelma, all you have to do is meet them and you'll know why they're on my list. They are honest, they're dependable, and they're just great people. So Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing is located on Main Street, just east of Stapley, the south side of the road. Main, Stapley, just east of Stapley on the south side of the road. It's a good place to go. And you've had some interactions with Brian and Thelma. Yes, very nice people. Very nice people. And um, I can't tell you if they've ever had a complaint. I don't think so. I've had a couple of calders where they say you know i had this and i was wondering what you think about this and i say i think you need to go talk to brian i think you need to show him the situation Mm -hmm. and i think you need to give him a chance to help you or before i get involved and inevitably I call the customer back, and I say, well, and he goes, nope, we got it. Never turned into a complaint. No, never turned into a complaint. And it's always, that goes for just anybody. If you have a problem with your shop, the very first place you go is back to the shop. Don't go there with your wallet open. Just go there for a discussion. Right. No
3: screaming, no yelling, because we're not.
2: (laughs) Yeah well that's to help you at because that if point. you yeah we're trying to help you and if you come to our shop and 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 you're mean to this one sitting next to me then there's going to be screaming and yelling but it's, she's going to be doing it <laughs> oh not really <laughs> in in our world folks um I'm, I'm 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 called on a regular basis Jack the Ripper
3: you call yourself that okay yes.
2: and you're called Snow White can you call me that yeah. but i'm not sure that everybody fits. that knows the two of us knows that that's exactly the good thing you are Snow White and i am Jack the Ripper So if someone says something, uh, uh, you know, if somebody if somebody pokes you in the eye, you go, well, thank you, I needed that. (laughs) (laughs) And if someone pokes me in the eye, (laughs) it isn't going to be like that.
3: Whatever, Salem. Okay,
2: Okay. 11:40. When we come back, we'll take your call. We still have time. All the lines are open. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960.
1: If you listen to this radio station for 24 hours straight, you'd hear about a quarter of a million words, and thousands of those words every day come from listeners like you. No one values your opinion more than we do. And when you support our advertisers, you turn words into actions. We know you're not always going to agree with us, but we wouldn't be here without you. So we thank you for listening and supporting our advertisers. 960 The Patriot, a Salem Media Group station.
8: have acne or even the occasional breakout with prescription grade proactive plus your acne can heal and you can prevent future breakouts try proactive plus Plus, 100 risk-free plus get two free gifts and free shipping take it from me proactive really works get prescription grade proactive plus their amazing skin purifying mask and a second gift of your choice totally free and free shipping you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you don't pay a penny call now 800-281-8770, 800-281-8770.
7: So, Justin, I was playing that video game Forest Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog, and he was all like... And I went playing in this virtual stream where this water, it looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my parents took me to the forest, the real forest. Well, I was running down this, well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like, ribbit, and I saw an owl, too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles, like wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long. Oh, that's, a uh,
3: pretty cool, too.
1: This weekend, Unplugged, getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ed Council. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877 4DAD 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back, everybody. 45 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Jeremy, we got any caller? Oh, yes, we do. We do have callers. Let me just really quick do some business real quick. SNS Tire has three locations on the west side to service you. S&S Tire has been in business since 1976, and the management and the owners of that facility have been in the tire business from 20 or 30 years before that. But they have three locations, Peoria, Surprise, and Goodyear. At s and Tire, they have a comprehensive line of tires and many different brands of each size of tires. So they have any tire you want for your personal vehicle, but they also have tires for your farm equipment, golf equipment, lawn and garden equipment, ATVs, trailers, commercial tires, and construction tires. So believe me when I tell you, their warehouse is huge. SNS will balance your new tires. They do alignments and suspension work. And they'll give you an out-the-door price for anything that you ask them to bid, so you can write your check on a Monday and know that it'll be good for what you're going to take it in on Thursday. So, if you're looking for new tires or anything on anything you own, you can visit one of the S&S Tire locations in the West Valley, Peoria, Sunrise, or Goodyear. Tony, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning?
4: Mark and Renee, uh, I just wanted to bring up, uh, uh, you know, the end, of, you know, the end of the month. Uh, you know, emissions testing that, you know, a person had to go through, mainly me, it was on an O2 Windstar. And there was a couple of things that kept popping up with, you know, the check engine light. Uh, One of it was the EVAP emissions. uh, And then there was also misfires going on. Uh, This is more like a question to talk about how, you know, what you need to do to look for the things to fix it rather than, you know, what I need to fix because it's already done. But, uh, you know, as far as the EVAP, you know, they had to end up smoking it because it's, you know, a lo- whole bunch of old hoses. And we went ahead and put the, the gas gap on first, you know, and then it kept popping up after going through the complete drive cycle. And then also on the, uh, the misfires, uh, put new plugs in, went through it again, kept happening, and then finally had to put new plug wires on, which kind of came down to like a, a carbon arcing issue. I mean, it would be like the smoking and the carbon arcing thing. I'm just wondering, you know, if you could talk about that just so the other people know. You know, these are the things that happen. This is how you got to check for this.
2: Well, Tony, let me ask you some questions. Sure. Um, Sure, if you have an an evaporative code, then everybody replaces the gas cap. You know, it's a cheap and inexpensive way as long as you buy a name brand gas cap and not something with, you know, foreign writing all over the top of it. that, that's an acceptable way, but the next step absolutely is is you've got to go in there and understand the system, and you've got to have a machine that makes smoke, and you've got to introduce smoke into the evaporative system, and the evaporative system for you folks that don't understand that is we're sucking the fumes off your gas tank, we're running them through a canister, and then we're burning them into the engine again, so your gas tank is now closed. It's closed to the atmosphere. So when we have an evaporative leak, the computer applies a vacuum to the evaporative system, and if it doesn't hold the vacuum, then it says, oh, I got a leak. So it turns on the check engine light. Well, people don't have smoke in their garages to be able to do what we can do in the shop. So that is the second step. But the third step is you look them in the eye and you say, is this a guess or a fix? On your misfire, it's the same thing. There's really no excuse for not being able to determine whether the wire or the plug is bad. We have equipment that allows us to determine that. So Maybe the, the conversation, Tony, with the garage, or maybe it was a situation where you replaced the plugs and that didn't fix it, then you took it to the garage and they replaced this wire or a set of wires and that did fix it, and I think the message there, if that's the case, Tony, the message there is is that you can guess in your garage all you want. But chances are, there's a fifty-fifty chance you're not going to fix it, and there's a hundred percent chance that if you don't fix it, you added, you doubled the cost of the repair anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, do I guess and take the chance, or do I have a professional fix it for me? Did you do the plugs, or did the shop do the plugs?
4: Uh, they did the plugs. Uh, they were actually testing the wires too, you know, off, you know, the engine, and then you know they were all showing up is good you know that you know they weren't uh, you know yeah. having resistance the only problem was was when they put them back on that's when the carbon arcing would start
2: okay well we can test the wires on the car or on the bench and the best place to test them is on the car um, i mean if it's got carbon arcing and it's the electricity is actually coming out of the, the cable the, the spark plug wire or the cable and causing an arc then a spray bottle full of water to spray all over this plug wires would have figured that out in about 11 and a half seconds
4: right that's basically right? when uh, i was going through the, uh, the the drive cycle is when we had our last big rainstorm so i think maybe that's what was contributing to the carbon arcing too
2: and, and it could have been how many miles are on the car
4: uh, well, the car itself is about 195000 The engine itself, it's a new reman, and it's got less than 9000
2: Okay, but we're talking about ancillary stuff on top of this engine, so we don't really care if the engine is brand new or if it's 200,000 miles old, spark plugs uh, or spark it's got plug the, wires. Uh,
4: it's got a brand new coil pack on there, too.
2: Okay, so, so if you have a brand new coil pack, then we have individual wires that go from the coil to the top of the spark plug. They're little bitty boots, is that right? Yes. Okay. Well, see, and those are so cheap that w- most shops would say to the c- the client, if I'm going to do plugs, let me do the little boots between the coil. It's called coil over ignition. So the sp- the spark plug screws into the motor, then we have this little spark plug wire that can be a- two inches long, and then we put the coil on top of it. So what happens in there is arcing, but when there's ar- arcing, there's always a sign of arcing. We're going to see little white spots on the boot. We're going to see some discoloration of the aluminum valve cover. We're going to see some kind of signs. So I think the message here is, is that when you have a check engine light, um, you can guess, but your chances of guessing are very slim of success. Um, it's, you're far better off to have somebody do the work for you. If they did the spark plugs and then you had to go back and have them do the wiring, uh, that, that, that wouldn't have made me happy if that would have been my shop. Um, I, would have, I would have got involved in that to determine why we did that because we have better equipment. Uh, we have the same equipment that a lot of other shops have, but we have knowledge that puts us uh, in the ability to determine whether it's, a, it's it's an errant spark or is it a spark plug. That's the real question. So thank you, Tony. Thank you for calling. You bring up good points. Luke, you're up next. Luke, how can I help you?
6: Yeah, hi, uh, Mark. How are you doing? Uh,
2: I'm good. Uh, thank, thank you very much.
6: My question is on my 1996 uh, Plymouth Voyager. I have 75,000 miles. Not 175, it's only 75,000 miles. The car is old, but I have low mileage. Uh, Two questions. Number one, when would be the time to change the uh, timing belt? Is it a chain belt or is it a rubber, rubber, uh, uh, the the, uh, regular belt? uh, uh, That's uh, something I need your advice on that. And number two, From time to time, this is about three times that the uh, light comes on. It says, uh, service engine soon. What should I do to turn that light off to do that service that I haven't done it, uh, please?
2: Okay. Well, I don't know what motor you have in there, but I agree that it's either going to be a timing belt or a chain, and the easiest way to do is just stop by an auto parts store and ask them, How much is a timing belt for your car? And they'll walk out and get the information off of your car, and they'll come back in and say to you, Hey, Luke, you don't have a timing belt. You have a timing chain. And if you have a chain, then there is no replacement requirement. It'll go way past 75,000.
6: Yeah, it's a six-cylinder engine, three-liter. Three-liter engine, six-cylinder.
2: Okay, that's fine, but I, I, I can't. There's there's 1,200 models of cars and trucks. You can't expect me to know whether your three liter has a belt or a chain. I'm gonna guess it's a belt, but guessing it isn't what you ask me to do. I'm telling you how you can find out for sure by going to the auto parts store. Yeah. If it's a belt, you're way past due. You better get the belt done. I don't care about the mileage. You got a car that's 96 to, to 1006. It's 20 years old. old. So, you are way past any kind of requirement. So, the if it's a belt, you got to get it changed. If it's a change, no sweat, move on. What was the second thing?
6: The second was, you know, oh. the light that comes on and says, "Oh, uh, service uh, engine soon." And then it okay. turns itself off within y- y- a couple of days.
2: Okay, you're going to go open up your owner's manual, and the service engine soon light can have two jobs, but your owner's manual will tell you. It could be telling you you're due for an oil change. It can also be telling you that you have a code in the computer, and the computer sees something in the performance of the engine it doesn't like. The problem is is there was a stretch of time where we, we went from, a, from a, an engine light to a service engine soon light to a check engine light, which is called a CEL, check engine light. And you have an, a service engine soon light, which is SES. So you have to look up the car, but the easiest place is look in the owner's manual. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's an oil change issue where it's telling you it needs to have an oil, it's going to have a reset procedure. So I'm making fun of the reset procedures right now, Luke, but I'm going to make my point. Sometimes you honk the horn twice, wave a chicken around your head, and then thump the hood twice, and that resets the computer. But there's silliness associated with that. They, they make you do things, turn the key on, turn the key off, hit the brake pedal twice, turn the key on and off three times. There's different things they ask you to do, but that process to reset that light if it's tied to your oil change intervals is in your owner's manual. If it's tied to a if it says in your owner's manual the SES light says that you have a code and the computer sees something it doesn't like, then you're not going to be able to turn that light off until you fix the problem. And someone's going to have to diagnose and then fix the problem, then reset the computer, and then if they do it right, then there is no more SES light coming back on. So if they don't do it right, the SES light will come back on, and they'll have the same numerical code. So if they went in there for a P102 or 123, a P123, a PO123, and then they fix that, then the light comes back on, and you take it back, and they say it's PO123, that's their baby. They need to fix that. But if it says it's PO987, that's a completely different code. So if the code's the same, the shop's responsible for fixing it. If the shop, if if it's different, then 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 typically it's just a different code. So those are the two things that you have to do. But I think the most important thing you have to do is is get that uh, timing belt changed if it's rubber. Um, that's something that you should probably definitely have done before we get into the summertime, which is in April. I would hate to have I I, I wouldn't let my kids ride in your van um, if you were just going across town after april with a uh, a belt that's 20 years old and if it does go bad it's going to cause you a tow truck and it'll probably tear up some components underneath the cover and when that happens you've just added a third to your bill so it's easier to take it off and put it on when the motor's still running good luck to you luke Um, what else were we going to talk about I think you covered everything.
3: Oh, did you do that fuel injection stuff? I oh, can't even remember, yeah. but you only have a
2: minute, so I'm not sure that you can do that. All in a right, minute. I can. Direct fuel injection is, is we no longer spray the gasoline behind the intake valve, and so the intake valve opens and the gas swings by. We're going to d- directly inject the gasoline into the cylinder. That's creating a big amount of problems because we use the gasoline to clean the back side of the intake valve But because we took the gasoline away from that area, we're starting to carbon it up. We're finding engines that have to be disassembled and having the carbon cleaned out of the intake passages that's completely plugged the intake passages. You don't want that bill. So for right now, direct fuel injection, where they directly put it into the cylinders, is not something that you want to buy. We need them to fix this problem before you buy a new car with direct gas injection. D or, or gas direct injection, however it comes out, gas direct is GDI. Okay. That's what you'll find. All right, until next week, marketmarksalem.com. Thank you for spending your Saturday with me. I'll see you next week right here on 960.